But first, the U.S. economy is showing its resiliency. According to the latest jobs report that was out this morning, the U.S. has added about 261,000 jobs to the job market. That's the good news, at least for workers. The bad news, inflation. That's still high. The hikes from the Federal Reserve, including one earlier this week, they're doing little to stem those rising prices. And this morning's data do show a slight uptick in the unemployment rate from 3.6% to 3.7%. So joining us now with more insight is Diane Swank, chief economist at KPMG. That's a multinational financial services firm. Welcome back, Diane. Hi, it's good to be here. Let's start with the economic news today, Diane. The latest jobs report, as I said, showed better than expected job gains. Can you just put that all into context for us? Because there's a bit of confusion there. More jobs, but unemployment is up, huh? Yeah, two different surveys. And um, when you ask households, how you doing? They said, eh, not as good as the establishment survey. When you ask firms, how are things going? How many new paychecks are you generating in the economy? There is a difference. Um, it can be volatile on a month-to-month basis, and they can diverge. But we actually had a big decline in household employment as we had an increase in establishment payrolls that are paid out. And the difference between the two is agricultural employment and the self-employed. Okay. Now, you know, we don't you – know, any one month, you don't want to make too much of it, but that is something, you know, we're certainly going to keep an eye on. What's more important is year-to-date, we have generated 4.1 million new paychecks. Wage gains have slowed because the number of people doing um, quitting and turning over is no longer quite at the frenzied pace it was earlier in the year. We know that people who quit their job, job jumpers, actually get double the raise that job stayers get. And so that's cooling off some of the wage gains we're seeing out there. But the problem is when you add 4.1 million new paychecks, that is almost double the annual pace year-to-date of the 2010s mm-hmm. and the second strongest since 1978. That's a lot of new demand in the economy to keep inflation accelerating even as the economy in terms of consumer spending slowed dramatically mm-hmm. in 2022. And there lies the challenge for the Federal Reserve. So as you pointed out, uh, certain sectors there uh, of the job market are seeing more gains than others. I wonder what else you take away from, from this jobs report. What, what do you make of this unemployment rate? So the unemployment rate is part of that household survey. And it was both because we had a, um, a decline in the number of people who said they were working and we had an increase in the number of people unemployed, people coming off of temporary work and not getting a job right away. That buoyed the unemployment rate during the month. I think it's really important, though, to also look at other information in that report. We had the highest on record number of people who had to be out of the workforce uh, due to child care. And remember, ICUs were filling up with this new respiratory disease for pediatric ICUs for children who are getting RSV, it's called. It's a breathing upper respiratory um, disease that is really hurting a lot of small children. Mm -hmm. And people having to stay home and care for those sick children went up. We also saw 1.3 million people out sick and unable to work. That's 41% more than any given month in the 2010s, and that's because of the ongoing high pace of infections. Finally, we had something else happen, and we all see it if you've been to an airport recently. Mm -hmm. The number of people out on vacation in the month of October this year was the highest since 1993. Yeah, I can believe that. And that's because people were traveling. 
I can believe that. Yeah, I was I was part of that twice last month, <laughs> for sure. And it's the airports a, were packed. It's a bit of a nightmare to, to go through it, but um, you know that pent up demand we have for mm-hmm. services that really is showing up now in the composition of the jobs. You are starting to see that you know an incredible correction we've seen in housing, spending at furniture. You know, we saw hiring at anything that was related to furniture, appliances, electronics, all those things we bought a bunch of stuff at during the height of the pandemic are getting hit hard with layoffs now. And so, you know, also big box department um, discounters and traditional department stores feeling the pain as well. So as we go into the holiday season, we're really talking about a consumer that's much more willing to spend to travel to be with loved ones than spend on gifts for loved ones under the tree. Well, you mentioned layoffs there. You know, jobs are up. Wages are up. Big factors driving inflation, right? You know, companies are having to make up the difference somewhere. And and of course, when there's less job security, wages tend to go down and then so do prices. So the big question, Diane, is it possible to curb inflation without killing jobs? I wish there was an easier answer to that. And unfortunately, the Federal Reserve has decided, no, that's not the case. And the problem is, you know, when you look at um, also consumers have been tapping into their savings to sustain their spending, but that's sustaining inflation as well. And there still is a lot of excess savings left. And so with the Fed, the only place, you know, we know supply constraints added to this inflation too, but the only place the Fed can bring demand and supply both more in line is the labor market. And to actually cool inflation, you need to have, you have to hit both the demand for workers and increase the supply via an increase in unemployment. And that's a really hard place to be. Mm -hmm. The way that the Federal Reserve is thinking about it, and you really saw it in the somberness of Chairman Powell's um, remarks at the press conference. And that is that, you know, I think of this very personally, inflation is like a cancer. The cure to it hurts, but it's better to cure it and deal with that pain than allow it to metastasize, which inflation could do as well, to become a more acute and fatal problem down the road. We are seeing significant layoffs or or hiring freezes from especially tech corporations and, and with Elon Musk now in charge. Twitter's firing people left and right. I think some folks were expecting to be laid off today. Um, Lyft said yesterday that it would cut 13% of its workforce as well. Two huge companies, Amazon and Apple, they're also um, suspending some hiring. What do you make of all this? What's highly unusual, and it really gets to the winners of the pandemic, early on the pandemic, are now the losers today because they're on the losing end of the fact that we're now congregating again and doing what the pandemic prevented us from doing and going out and traveling and spending on services instead of goods and um, not spending as much on housing and, and pivoting or spending away from those things. And you're seeing that affect the composition of who wins and loses, but it's yet to really derail employment. Now, it is important to remember that hiring freeze alone doesn't just freeze employment. It actually can mean a decline in payrolls going forward because of the high rate of baby boomers who are now retiring and many companies riding that attrition wave down, and that can reduce payrolls as well. And that's why we're very concerned that we'll be in a recession by the end of the year and into 2023, hopefully a short recession. 
um, will be enough to eradicate inflation. My own view is that I think we're going to see inflation come down a little more rapidly than the Fed expect. I was more worried about inflation being more persistent a year ago, and now I think there's going to be more of a whiplash effect as we go into 2023. And that's the only silver lining is that hopefully after the Fed hits its peak, which I think is now much higher than they once thought it was, probably five and a quarter percent on the Fed funds rate, short-term interest rates. That's a full percent higher than where we are today. That's important because um, hopefully we can be cutting those rates more aggressively by the end of the second half of 2023. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about the latest jobs report out this morning and what it means for you with Diane Swank, who's chief economist at KPMG. So make this make sense for us, Diane. Typically, a strong job market is a great thing, right? We celebrate it. Politicians win elections on it. But in this year, in 2022, a really strong job market is actually concerning. Why is that? So that's the greatest question out there. In fact, if this was October 2018, people would be popping champagne corks and all incumbents would be as well because it would be the context of that um, job report. A strong job report with these kinds of wage gains would have been considered spectacular. That was in a period of very low, tepid inflation. The fact that this is coming at a time when inflation is so stubbornly high and not going down despite the burn individuals are feeling and erosion in their own living standards, 4.1 new million new paychecks this year, that's a lot of new paychecks to keep inflation afloat mm-hmm. when we don't want it to be that high. And we're hearing that it's a sign that the economy is overheating the economy's already overheated, right? You know, we've already experienced the, the pain of that burn. You know, workers had that one moment as the economy opened up where their wages moved up, and they finally, low-wage workers, had a moment in the sun. Now they're being burned by inflation. What we're in place now, the reason most Americans feel we're already in a recession, even though we're generating so many jobs, mm-hmm. is because individually, those who are working lost everything they gained in wages and then some to the burn of inflation. In the past two years, we've seen a lot of union organizing in Chicago. Uh, A lot of employees across the country were able to successfully negotiate for things like higher pay and better benefits, more flexibility. We've seen really headline after headline about how employees and and not the employers are holding the cards. Is that going to last, though, Diane? It actually will. One of the things that, you know, Employers, um, I think, are quite aware of, and it's. I talk to a lot of them, that a recession alone will not derail the aging demographics that we're dealing with and the shortages in labor that we're going to, are going to persist. And we also lost a lot of souls to the pandemic as well as to long COVID. And we have a lot of people in any given month, 40, over 40% higher than the 2010s, were out sick in the month of October alone, adds to staffing shortages. So even with a recession, many employers, although they're talking about hiring freezes, we're not talking about the kinds of dramatic layoffs you usually do because many employers are also thinking strategically, mm-hmm. who do we want to keep? Because we don't want to just lay people off and lose that connection to those workers that we're going to need on the other side of this. And so to some extent, the pandemic accelerated a lot of trends, but it has shifted the the power from employers to workers in a unique way that was already moving in that direction because of the aging demographics. 
but it really has accelerated it. And that perhaps is one of the good things for mm-hmm. workers out there. You know, the, the Federal Reserve, as we mentioned, hiked interest rates for really a fourth consecutive time this year, another three quarters of a percentage point. They're trying to curb inflation, but it does not seem to be working. Diane, is, is there anything else it can do? Yeah, it can hike rates a lot more, unfortunately, and that's what it's going to do. So you're expecting more rates. You know, the the fact that the Fed has said, you know, Chairman Paul said, well, we're not going to stop till the job is done. Um, That's a Volcker moment, and that means he's willing to accept higher unemployment to get there. And like I said, it's this trade-off that's very hard to explain and, and, you know, make people feel good about because we're already feeling the burn of inflation. Mm -hmm. And if you feel the burn of inflation, even as it's cooling, along with higher unemployment, that's hard. And it's better than the alternative and having to have much higher employment and a much worse recession to derail something worse, like a prolonged stagflation, like we saw in mm-hmm. the 1970s. But, you know, that, that's not something most people remember. And also, let's face it, inflation, if, you're, if you've been working, it's eroded your living standards. That feels like you're in a recession, and it's why so many Americans are having such a hard time with this economy. Feels like we're in a recession, but you're saying we're not in one, correct? We're not yet. We're not in one yet by an economist's terms, but I sure do understand why most Americans feel that we're either on one, in one, or on the cusp of one because sure. of what they've lost in their wages to inflation and their living standards have been eroded. Yeah. That's a loss. It is. And it's understandable. And, and we're getting into the holiday season when some folks do their biggest spending. Do you think inflation is going to dampen the volume of spending that we typically see around November, December? Well, high rates and inflation will. Not only will we see the pivot out of the housing, all, all the things we bought, you know, to make the monotony of quarantines easier, we're not buying anymore. And there's a bubble bursting in housing as well. That's already in a recession, the housing market. And home values are beginning to fall as well as rents. That's Good news for inflation down the road, but at the moment, it is going to make this much more of a travel and, you know, being with your loved ones during the holiday season rather than sending gifts instead. Mm -hmm. That's a good tip, too. Uh, Anything else you're going to keep your eye on, Diane? There's so much happening. (laughs) Uh, It's, you know, what is really remarkable is never underestimate in this world how rapidly things can change, both for the worse and for the better. And so, you know, I hold on to that because I know, unfortunately, that there's more pain to come. But this is a this is the most rapidly shifting economy I've ever seen, and I've been doing this a really long time. And the only thing I you know, I sort of hold on to the hope of a couple of things. One is how resilient we have been. If you would have told me we'd have faced all of these challenges and still been this resilient, it, I would have been shocked. That's the good news. Yeah. Our ability to adapt is also encouraging. And the fact that this, you know, the war in Ukraine managed to do something the pandemic failed, unite us against a common foe, Vladimir Putin, that is one thing to have hope about, that there is something that can still unite us. There's a a unity and a community that we were denied during the pandemic that we need to lean into going forward. On that note, Diane Swank, Chief Economist at KPNG. Thank you so much, Diane. Thank you.